0: Hey everybody, Shane Presley your Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another brand new episode. Uh, whether you've been here or you're new here, thank you for tuning in and uh, being here with us today. Uh, super excited to have back a friend of the show, Langen Elise of the Defeated County. Had a great time hanging with Langen, catching up, talking about some of her uh, health concerns over the last uh, couple of years. Then we get into their brand new defeated county record that they put out uh, a bit ago during the pandemic. But, uh, and we got a big old party to celebrate all of this uh, going on. Come on out and join them on um, Saturday, July 29th at the Cracked Fox. And you're going to hear all about it in today's show. Uh, I do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Serving up all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps over there. Uh, Surely you got a beverage just right for you. All kinds of uh, tasty drinks and tasty eats. you got your burgers and nachos, flatbread pizzas, pretzels, salads, and all kinds of daily and weekly specials happening out there. And uh, great live music happening. Uh, you can catch uh, every Thursday night. They do a single bingo night. And then on uh, Friday, July 21st, catch Denver Wade Trent out there. A good buddy of mine. Always a lot of fun hanging with him. And uh, Saturday, July 22nd, uh, you can catch uh, Laidback Country Picker. This is a big show for them. Out at the uh, Flint Hill location, 7 to 10. And on uh, Sunday, you can catch Jeff Walchhauser, 1 to 4, at the Wentzville location. You can find the full concert calendar, beer menu, food menu, and everything else at FrenchBrewingCompany.com. Be sure to plug in with them on your Facebook and Instagram for more info. And mark your calendars again July 29th is their big grand opening of the uh, brand new location in Flint Hill, Missouri. All day we'll be celebrating out there. And uh, if you haven't been able to check it out during the soft opening weekends, uh, it's a beautiful space just outside of Wentzville there in Flint Hill and um, really uh, unique event space, a big bar and a stage up on top of the bar, plenty of patio space if you want to stretch out on the patio and uh you got to a really unique dining experience with the uh, fly high kitchen they have partnered up with uh some of the folks behind duke's barbecue to create a brand new menu over there so if you're into food music and uh and ice cold beer uh you can come on out to friendship brewing company in winsville or flint hill and uh, we're gonna take good care of you out there again friendshipbrewingcompany.com for all your info. That is it for me If you need anything else you can find me at rockpaperpodcast.com hit me up on the socials email me at rockpaperpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you And with that out of the way, sit back relax and enjoy this brand new episode with Langan, Elise. Um, podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like my mom.
1: Uh, <laughs> it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hi, I'm Lang the Elise, and you're listening to Rock Paper Podcast. Rock Paper
2: Podcast. This is beat paper. Paper covers rock. Rock beats. This is the Shane covers nonstop. Never know what. Who kind of gets that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot. Could be rock, folk. Country a hip hop jazz all kind of folks that he has could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh on the double deck of fudge round rolling round town Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero He's your hero. He's your bestie rock paper podcast with Shane Presley
0: Paper Podcast. Hey, everybody. Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri. Hanging out today with Lange and Neubacher. Welcome back to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely, yeah. This we is- were just saying it's been since 2016. Uh, yeah, which is uh, wild to think about. I mean, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's May. I hit nine years of doing this show, which is... I uh, it's just crazy to think for me to sit and think about reflect on like nine years of and a thousand something episodes of the show. Uh, but I'm I'm glad to keep going. I'm still having fun doing it. I'm still getting to hang out with my friends and the, the musicians and artists here are
1: glad to have you doing <laughs> it. <laughs> it's it's nice to have somebody who's willing to talk
0: to you about your niche All right. art projects and music stuff. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, and like for me it's uh you know especially as we get continue to get older and more lives get complicated uh really this the show has re- has become a great excuse to to find time to hang out with my friends like you know it's like just good to sit down and take a minute and catch up and talk about what we've been doing and and uh you know like sometimes you know you might send a text or whatever but it's not really that personal connection of really talking so yeah that's what's cool about this for me and but yeah, it's just uh so in 16, you can't we did uh, one together and then in uh 18, we did the songwriter showcase together. Uh a Defe- defeated county with uh you and Irene and Devin and Jeremy.
1: Not, and honestly, that's one of my most fun solo shows yeah. that I've ever done. I we re- we had a really good time that night.
0: But yeah, it was such a treat, you know, the four of you sitting on stools playing your songs and and um I really miss doing that. That was a f- fun series to put together, monthly showcase for uh, just uh, three years. Right, we uh, until COVID shut it down, and then um, and the the Naked Vine closed during pandemic. Also, um, so I'm hoping if I find the right place, I'd like to bring that series back and get get back to doing that again. That was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it really was. Uh, I listening to several of the ones you did, and being on one, it was it was really fun. Yeah. I know monthly events like that are take a lot more work than they seem like they do on the outside, though. Sure. So I'm sure for
0: you, it was a ton of work. It, but it uh, I, there's, I mean, there is definitely work. I mean, especially just continually promoting and you yeah. Know, but it was, not also nice that it does uh, start doing the work f- for you in a sense, like the people once you especially knowing that it's monthly and the same day every month and kind of thing like people just planning hey, I I like this I'll come back next month and yeah. that kind of thing you know and not everybody but there are regulars that continue to make appearances and then um then you get the people start seeing the posters enough or they other artists reach out like hey I want to be part of that so like it mm-hmm. makes booking easier when you're not having always kind of think about you know, that kind of stuff too. So
1: And I always really appreciate any place like the Naked Vine where you were doing it. Um I, I'm, I am blanking on other uh there's redfish, bluefish in St. Charles that does some of that stuff. I always think it's really great having places in Chesterfield and in oh, St. Yeah. Charles and in Maplewood, you can go play and go have events that are St. Louis artist because so much of it just ends up being in South City. yeah. And oh, not everybody, not all St. Louisans, of course, <laughs> but a lot of St. Louisans, we really like, same here, like I'm really a creature of habit. A lot of places I go to are the same places around South City, and that's cool for hanging out, but for playing and performing and getting sure. to know new artists, it's always such so awesome having like someone like you make connections at the Naked Vine yeah. for us because it's not like we want to stay isolated, but it's hard not to. It really yeah. is like making those connections, you know.
0: Yeah. yeah, that was important for me just to do something um, uh, a little outside of the city. And, you know, like I live out west and there's really you know not a lot for music up there. So that was part of it, too, is getting something introducing my friends to other people out that way and and uh so yeah i think there's it's all good i feel like it's fun to have those little spots outside the city like that for you all to come out it's almost becomes like a tour date in a sense because you're mm-hmm. not you're not really playing to your you know core demographic or whatever you know your your fan base you're yeah. trying to discover some new people and that's what's what it's all about continuing to to build so uh, but yeah, hopefully, uh, I don't know, we'll see where it ends up. But I've, I've floated some ideas out there, but I, um, definitely would love to get back to booking more shows like that again. So hopefully that will happen this year or soon. And so, uh, but, uh, yeah, during, uh, so anyway, it's been a while since we got to hang out, and that's what's fun about yeah. this. Like I said, I, it's, a, it's a good excuse to sit down and catch up, but, uh, uh we had a global pandemic in there too uh, i don't know if you heard about that but yeah uh,
1: that was fun yeah.
0: remember when they
1: told us they were that we needed to be on lockdown yeah. for two weeks yeah right and we all prepared real well for those two <laughs> weeks
0: <all> right. <laughs> uh but in that time somewhere in there you were all wrapping up a record which uh was now readily available wherever you get your music at. uh we're going to get into that um, but I think more importantly, uh, I'm glad that you're here because you went through some stuff, uh, during all that time too. You went through some, some health scare stuff. And, uh, so let's kind of talk about that. Like, what is, what's like, uh, you know, getting some of the news and finding out there's a global pandemic going on and all these things like it's, it's gotta be, uh, I mean, I know it's hard enough wearing, you know, on your mental health, uh alone you know just the, st- the pressure and stress yeah. of everything else but then to also have you know health complications uh, physical health uh, with it too but anyway what i'm so i'm, I'm thankful you're here thank uh, you Me but, too. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: what uh what was all going on then uh so
1: well i guess <laughs> part of the reason the I, i'm not alone in this but part of the the just starting out with the pandemic was extra difficult For me, because I do have an autoimmune disorder, so I was trying to take it really seriously. Um, But I also, I didn't really want to be a jerk, or or I don't know. I I don't, I don't really want to say anything political because that's kind of my my what drove me insane during the pandemic was I was just like I just want health facts. Mm -hmm. I I don't understand why this is political. I just want to do what I'm supposed to do to protect myself and to make sure that I don't, you know, kill grandma. (laughs) (laughs) And and I'm trying to follow, but I I felt like it was, you know, I had to take those things extra seriously because, uh, of a couple of different health concerns I have predominantly, um, Chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which is basically just like your immune system is angry already mm-hmm. and fighting you already. So if you get sick, it goes into like overdrive and yeah. is a lot more intense. Uh, and then I also have Ehlers Daniels syndrome, which um, affects the connective tissue and it can have some effect on the mite. Mitral valve? Mitral valve? I am so unintelligent when it comes to pronouncing medications and parts like that. But the valve between your heart and your lungs is at more of an increased risk for a prolapse. And that was uh, something that COVID was also increasing your risks of. So I was like, okay, super need to protect myself there and then at a certain point because i was so isolated anyway some of my um friends with kids we decided to pod up and i became their babysitter through the pandemic and so then i also was wanting to be extra careful because i felt like you know if i get sick the kids are going to get sick the parents are going to see like i'll be the one who infected our whole pod (laughs) like so the intense isolation was a lot during that time period and uh trying to release things and trying to decide what was okay to do safely was a, a major concern for us because on one hand especially when it got to be la- like later like when the pandemic had been going on 8 months you know it got to a point where it was like a lot of people were starting to do stuff again and of course, you don't want to just jump off the bridge because your friends are jumping off the bridge, or insert appropriate metaphor <laughs> here, that uh-huh. you also don't want to completely lose your momentum. And I, in a lot of ways, I feel like myself as an individual musician and my band, we really just now that the pandemic's over we're really kind of it feels like we're building fresh it feels like the almost 10 years that i did in the music scene before this time period is irrelevant yeah because maybe irrelevance a little harsh but it's just if you don't like you we were talking before about how um People start, you were doing the Naked Vine events and they started to promote themselves because people started like approaching you, like, hey, I'd like Mm. to do that. Like, that happens with bands over time too. Like, you build these shows with other musicians and with different venues and you prove that you guys are a good act and a lot of fun to have. uh, And people think of you, but it really doesn't take that long of people not thinking of you. Or it doesn't take that long of not reminding people you exist yeah. to go out of that circle of the people who are in your mind to ask to play with you. Sure. Um, and then we did decide to re- release our newest record an early fall in 2020. And we did it as an outside show in, in late, in in November, <laughs> yeah, um, I almost said late November. It was more mid November, but um, it was like cold, and uh, it was a costume party, so that was fun. But uh, and it was outside, masks mandatory, and we felt like it was an okay time to do it at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Places were opened, and being outside requiring masks and. It felt sort of you know, it felt safe enough to do, but even then we like were like, if anybody feels unsafe, we totally understand. Please stay home. Like this is it, we didn't promote it the way you would promote something not in a pandemic, because Of course we understood if people were scared to come. My parents were a little scared to come and they would never, and they didn't, they did come, but they like, you know, stood off to the side in their masks and the, you know, Um, and, uh, but we did, we did have a lot of fun with it, but it was, I I remember the RFT to gave us and it was it Daniel Hill wrote it and it was so nice of him because he actually, from my understanding, basically is the reason that the Riverfront Times kept going during the pandemic. Oh, okay. They basically were gonna shut it down. And he was kind of like, no, I'm gonna keep working for free until we have the funds again. And uh that, that was a baller move. Right. Um and so I I appreciate that he was doing a lot and he gave us a little write-up and I know I can't use it in a in a one-sheeter, but it gave me my favorite quote ever, which it was like, now going to these events is not safe, but it's safer. Consider these events that are wearing a condom. <laughs> <It's just great>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh man! I wish I could just you just like yeah. like the defeated county,
0: yeah,
1: consider it like wearing a condom <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
1: but it was wild because we did we had been we actually were working on that album since two thousand eighteen, and we were really ready to to get it out mm-hmm. and really ready to be done working on it, um not that we weren't excited, but it just a lot had happened over those two years of recording. Um, Our guitar player moved to, he now lives between St. Louis and uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. So uh, things changed up majorly during those two years. And um, we did feel a sort of urgency that if we didn't release it during 2020, the album would kind of lose relevance to us as the artists. Right. But also it was a pandemic. So we just kind of never gave it the push I wish we had. Yeah. Um, And I'm really glad that you're going to share some of the songs from there because we're, um I mean, we still have some, we're always going to have a little bit of kind of folky Americana roots probably because that's, the music we grew up listening to and that's very popular in town. Um, but the, this album is much more of a traditional, like alternative rock pop kind of album. And I'm really proud of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I gave it a good, uh, two listens actually, uh, today just, uh, getting, uh, in the, the right mind, uh, to come talk to about it with you. And, um, and i really enjoyed it i really like uh, a lot of what's going on and it's uh, like definitely some of the you can i mean i i'm i i know collectively probably you all have different influences but i you're mentioning like kind of a, a rock uh and i feel like jeremy's guitar playing really helped yeah. kind of bring that out and uh so um some of his background and musical tastes and things and but uh but yeah, I, I do uh, I do think it turned out real nice and um, let's talk about a song called A Glow. We wanted to share. This is one that really uh, really caught my attention and uh, I I think it's uh, very relatable. Uh, I think there's a lot in the lyrical content uh, that is something that a lot of people feel i think so i feel and i
1: it's like i hate i didn't write that song for the pandemic but when it came out during the pandemic i was like this makes sense yeah. this makes sense for right now <laughs>
0: yeah. uh so yeah this is a, a glow from the defeated counties uh an early fall
2: I've loved me
1: If you'd only Known me when I thought
2: everyone could just be friends
0: But speaking of like lyrical content, writing this song and what, what uh, you can you uh, take me back to that day or that time? What was like going on in, uh, when you're, when you were sitting here writing these lyrics and things? Yeah.
1: Um, well, so, I mean, as I get older, I'm actually starting to wonder if some of why I'm good at writing, well, at least I think I'm good at writing music if I'm, if I'm allowed to compliment myself
2: <laughs> but,
1: I'll, I'll <laughs> thank you yeah. um i almost have started wondering if like i actually have some kind of undiagnosed adhd or autism uh as part of the reason why i'm so good at music because sometimes it's just like i get like a lyric stuck in my head And then I realized that's not a real lyric and that it's something that I can turn into a song. And I know that kind of sounds like a magical process when I say it that way. It also is something that happens to ADHD and autistic people that they cannot stop sometimes repeating certain phrases to themselves. And so I'm like, well, that might, I might might be a little bit on one of those spectrums but that's okay um that's you know many of my loved ones are uh and but i guess i i got the lyrics stuck in my head uh you would not believe how blue my eyes used to be they've gone and turned green from all the shit i've seen that's not for me (laughs) um and then i had already had a glow stuck in my head from a different time period and i just kind of mushed them together into one song um i was going through the transition of being late 20s into being early 30s and i was just really feeling like you know it's like you meet all these people in your life and you have all these opportunities in your life and so many of them come well, you're, you're too young to appreciate them, um, and sometimes you just get, at least for me, I feel like with age, I kind of have taken some darkness on, mm-hmm. and I do very often think, man, if I had had my brain as together as it is now, without the darkness, man... That would have been great. Like, I wish I had lived that, that I wish I could have all the knowledge and experience that I have now and still that, um, kind of passion that, that kind of naive passion that I used to have.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, and again, I feel like this song could represent like. You know, kind of along with the theme that you were talking about, like, um, also, like, you know, dating in your 30s or 40s mm-hmm. or whatever, trying, you know, you're, you feel like, um, you know, maybe when I had that glow when I was younger or, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. That it's, definitely was right, close to my heart you know, with it. So it's like, sure. it's that same kind of thing. Like, you feel like you're, you're not getting the best of me now, that kind of thing. Like, you're,
1: yeah, so, like, but, uh, even le- I can say that about my life now. I have a partner and we treat each other better than either of us had ever had a partner yeah. treat each other. But we have a lot of baggage <laughs> and and that's just there now. Sure. I mean, there's nothing either of us can do about every, everybody in their mid thirties yeah. has baggage yeah. or we wouldn't be alone in our mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got the Bay. That's how we got here. (laughs) Um, And definitely like jealousy is a theme that I like to work with because jealousy is something that like even jealousy, like of like how I used to be or jealousy of like my friends who I see who have done different paths and now are, are doing things I'm jealous of. Like I'm, I'm, have some wonderful, amazing friends who got married in Ireland this past week with their two beautiful daughters. And like, dang, that's so... Like, I'm so happy for them. But then selfishly, like, jealous. Right. And then especially with musical acts with other musicians, I will get, like, I, I have to make sure that I use my jealousy as like a compliment. Like mm-hmm. I I really have worked on like being like, oh, you're jealous of that because that's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. <laughs> so you know, like, like yeah. so and and kind of use I've I've kind of shifted jealousy in my mind to not necessarily being a negative thing because when I experience it I'm not wishing ill on the other person i'm feeling inspired by them
0: (laughs) yeah yeah definitely i uh i i do um that's a big part of my life like kind of uh trying to spin more uh, like a negative into a positive type of situation like there's a there's a lot of things like sometimes like you think about like it's easy to get uh jealous or envious or you know like why did they get this and i didn't Mm -hmm. or but like I use that to motivate me to work harder to get to maybe next time I'm the guy that gets the opportunity or whatever it yeah. is, you know? So it's like that kind of thing or, you know, so I definitely understand that it's, I try to use it more uh, as a motivator, you mm-hmm. know, and like to, to continue to get better at, or the best I can, at least or, what you know, whatever it might be. So, yeah. Um. But yeah. But I, I
1: don't, I, I don't think I was always that good with jealousy, though, <laughs> uh, and so I can definitely like it's like a. Oh, I feel like it's a wonderful concept to work with mm-hmm. within songwriting because it's like I don't feel that kind of angry, jealous, jealous in a negative way right. anymore. But I can just explore it really beautifully in song because I used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh let's talk about uh one more from this uh and you said you wanted to share "Sunshining day
1: yeah so i'm actually really proud of that song because it is um one of the only 50 50 co-writes that i've ever done um jeremy essig the our guitar player completely wrote the song musically well my bandmates all write their own parts but i mean he completely composed the chords the me- the, the the chords and the you know in- instrumental bass for it yeah. and then i just he played it for me and i just wrote lyrics to it <laughs> as he played it for me and uh that's not something that i had ever done before until this song and it was really cool getting to to work that way um I really enjoy writing melody and we're, we're, you know writing the basis for my stuff on guitar and keyboard and stuff but it is really fun to just get to focus on lyrics and melody sometimes right. <laughs> uh but- and, and the song is very
2: on second it's gonna be a bright bright sunshine day it's gonna be a high, bright sunshine day it's gonna be a bright bright sunshine day
0: Uh, a lot of that probably happens happens quite often in this band because it is kind of a, a super group. Uh, you are, you have a very talented uh, cast around you, I'm so and, lucky. Um, so I'm sure there's a lot of uh, moments like that where it's just like it's a cool collaborative effort. Uh, yeah, kind of like, you know.
1: and I I mean I don't even mean this as an insult to myself because I work very hard, but I am the worst musician in my band. <laughs> and that's like intentional because (laughs) i i want everybody to be able to take the the bones i bring and make them better
0: (laughs) yeah that uh it's nice to have a cast that lifts you up like that like um so for sure yeah uh, i uh, i was kind of talking about it was a similar kind of conversation uh the other night but we were like talking um like uh Jason Isbell used to be uh, in Drive-By Truckers and then like left uh and to his solo stuff and doing you know great now and uh or uh um, Chris Stapleton was in Steel Drivers and you know and it's like they were they were great groups and then he, like he stepped down and he became a huge huge star you know solo and it's just but it's like that like I can't imagine like being in a group and then trying to replace Chris Stapleton or something, you know, like being yeah. like that kind of thing. Like having a having somebody that's just like a, a powerhouse like that, like would be very difficult to, uh, f- you know, find the. So uh, I don't know. It just uh, it's, it's it's an interesting dynamic thinking about bands like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh like but uh, I do think you all uh, collectively are uh, great individuals and uh, and then as a group you uh, do really well together and like it's fun to see you all come together and make this record possible and uh, Thank you. these uh like i said uh an early fall available now wherever you get your music at and we have uh the uh physical copies uh, available still and we have a big show coming up that you can get one yes. of these so
1: I am very excited. We're playing July 29th at the Crack Fox, which if anybody hasn't been to the Crack Fox in a couple of years, I mean, it was always cool, but the vibe there is just, it's just developed such a great vibe. Carrie Harris, who owns the venue, has always been a supporter of the scene, Like even before she owned the venue, I remember that she would be heavily involved in hosting goth shows, uh, goth as in G-O-T-H, which I clarify because I have a little bit of a speech impediment. And so a lot of times when I say goth, people think I'm saying golf. (laughs) Um, I have very frequently confused people saying, oh, yeah, I was in a goth rock band in college. And they're like, Golf rock? (laughs) I'm like, yes, golf rock. (laughs) It's like surf rock but -er. (laughs) boringer. More candy. (laughs) But yeah, she she's always been really involved and it's really cool that like I emailed her asking her if we could do our show there and she was like, Yes, of course. And I was like, Ah she knows who I am and said (laughs) yes right away. (laughs) So cool.
0: Yeah. So we got uh, July Twenty ninth, right? yeah. Uh, it's a Saturday. <laughs> Saturday night at the Crack Fox with uh, Jeffy and the Sunken Heads an electro-dinosaur. Yeah.
1: And I got to talk up electro-dinosaur for a minute because they, well, they've been together forever, but uh, one half of the band, Justin, lived in California for a long time. So they mostly just record did recording projects. Then Justin moved back to St. Louis, but like right before the pandemic. So they've only gotten to play a couple of shows uh, in St. Louis. And I was lucky enough to play one of the shows they were playing um in alton actually at the conservatory and they are so not not you know how some bands are funny but they're not very good and like some bands are really good but like they think they're being funny and they're not but they're (laughs) musically like good yeah These guys are both. They're both. both. They're so like they they have a song that is done in the style of Weezer about a kid with asthma. And the song is called The Weezer. Yeah. And they truly sound like Weezer when they perform it. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. And I want everybody to see
0: it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know much about them. so I'm, I'm excited to discover some more. Great music coming out of our city. So, uh, so come on out. Uh, we got, to uh, is that, is there just a three of us? Oh it's a, yeah. $10, cover. $10 cover charge for that. And then, uh, so come on out and support that show. And, uh, like I said, pick up a physical copy of an early fall and, uh, take that home with you. In.
1: one other thing that's cool about the show that I totally forgot to mention earlier is that after the bands play, everybody can stick around for karaoke. Which is very fun, especially if you have been enjoying relaxing beverages of your choice. They <laughs> don't have to be alcoholic, or whatever if you've been in, when you're all hyped up and ready to go. Sure, you know.
0: <laughs> what uh, do you have a do you have a go to uh, for karaoke? So I, uh,
1: I actually just tried doing karaoke as more than like a joke at a friend's house <laughs> yeah. um a couple of months ago like i i don't know why but like i developed like a real fear of doing karaoke because i'm a musician and i sing that's like in theory what my job is and so i don't want to do karaoke and sound bad but then i also don't want to do karaoke And be upset about it because... And, and, and like, take it too seriously because it's karaoke. It's supposed to be fun. And... joyful and an empty orchestra or or whatever you know (laughs) and uh so i i just kind of like had like a mental thing where i was just like that mm, don't know mm, that but um i finally went out to uh my friend jenny uh red carpet entertainments she does a karaoke at the at the heavy anchor and i went up and uh i attempted to do two i attempted to do Well, I did two. I shouldn't say I attempted to do two. I did two. I did one really well and one really poorly. I did Kate Bush uh, running up that hill poorly somehow, even though I love that song. But I killed Disarmed by the Smashing Pumpkins. I I just, I think... um, I think the key for me in karaoke is that it needs to be something that would have been played on 101 The River between like (laughs) 1993 and 2006. And then I'll know all the lyrics, even if it's not a song I like. I'll just know all the lyrics, all the timing. (laughs) All right. (laughs)
0: Can <laughs> you, you got any, uh, you know, cranberries or any, uh, you know, some oh, yeah. six pence, on the richer. Or uh, <laughs> Sometimes I, I think the,
1: the only, uh, I think, I think that, uh, the only, the only, I don't do a lot of covers yeah. again, because it's the same thing where I'm like, I don't want to do this badly. like. <laughs> um, sure. But one of the, we do do, uh, Billy Eilish, all the good girls go to hell with the band sometimes. Nice. And that's really fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've never, uh, done a whole lot of karaoke. Um, do you have a go-to? Well, so the, the last time I did it, uh, it went really well. So maybe I should revisit because, uh, but we went to, um, friends of ours, uh, got married and uh had like a joint um bachelor party and uh, more fun and then they uh, we did karaoke there and uh we uh i did bob Seger's night moves and uh stacy joined me as my uh backup singer and so, uh, so it was uh it was a lot of fun to sing that and uh, i laughed because there was a guy like afterwards was like Dude, you sound just like, and then I was like, whatever. Like, <laughs> but I'm just like. It's always yeah, nice Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> made me feel good. But I was like, it was just funny to me. I was like, right, well, I'll take the compliment. But uh, other than that, I've done like, um, usually it's something kind of goofy. Like like you're saying, go up there and have fun with it. I've done like uh, Ice Ice Baby and Baby Got Back and stuff like a lot of That's... classic 90s uh, hip hop stuff that I uh, that I enjoy. Uh, Singing along with them. I feel like
1: I would know a lot of those
0: lyrics yeah, too. It's, right. Uh, that, that's all that's up here. Is it, yeah. Not, I listen to a ton of 90s on 9 in my car and that's all I, you know, Yeah, uh, you know any uh, Ace of bass or whatever, you know, it's a, a lot of uh, 90s pop songs that are stuck in my head. So maybe... Uh, probably quite a bit of crossover with your uh, one-on-one, the river. So. <laughs> yeah. uh.
1: The one song I think I probably should cover eventually is uh, stay by Lisa Loeb. Yeah. Great. Because like I'm not wearing them today, but I have the glasses. I have the Lisa Loeb glasses. That's like my other, I have a black pair and, and then my Lisa Loeb pair, And, and that's a good song. Yeah, for and sure. That's definitely one of when I first started playing, definitely one of the people I got compared to a lot.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I imagine any, uh, you know, folky girl with a guitar, uh, probably got something like that. You <laughs> know, was, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 didn't, uh, I, I, I purposely been trying to avoid it because of, um, I, I want to start at the beginning, but, uh, there's a, uh, newer podcast. I started, uh, listening to and trying to follow along with the show, but, uh, it's uh <laughs> excuse me. Uh Pod Meets World. It's a boy meets world podcast. Uh that sounds w- awesome. With uh some of the cast, uh uh the uh, uh Topanga, Sean, and um uh Court What's uh the older brother uh Eric, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm blanking. out. I think it's uh Isn't
1: uh isn't the guy who plays Sean's real name like Ryder Strong? Yeah, yeah. I always wonder if, like, do you think his parents were like, he's gonna be a porn star? <laughs> I like don't know. they, like, <laughs> Just, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I definitely uh, could've been in the, in the conversation.
1: <laughs> I mean, when you have a last name like Strong, right. you got to do something.
0: Yeah uh i uh I started watching the show it's on disney plus i started watching uh the podcast and, and each uh, like some of the earliest like they started like going through the show like episode by episode but then they've been doing like some live podcasts and they're actually coming to the pageant and i'm gonna go try to go see it just because i think it'll be a fun night out but i brought it all up because recently they did a live show and they brought lisa Loeb out um and uh, I thought that was uh, fun to see her in, included in that world and yeah. stuff. So like, uh, I was just like, that would've been a good night out just to hang out with uh, the cast of Boy Meets World and Lisa Loeb and everything. So <laughs> that
2: would be so much. fun. Yeah.
0: Um, so anyway, yeah, well, I, I don't know. Maybe they'll bring some sp- surprise special guest here with them to St. Louis, but uh, but yeah, that's. And I also brought like. Uh, uh what's well, like ethan, ethan Soupley and stuff like some of the guys that were like the bullies there was like the the three bullies from the yeah. show and stuff so uh i thought that was you know just fun to see all the different people but for some reason uh Co- uh cory matthews uh isn't uh involved with the pod at all i don't know if he not yet at least uh, but they've had some of the other various uh cast members and yeah. stuff so
1: that's funny uh,
0: yeah <laughs> It's fun to see, like, especially something like that, like, uh, from our youth, like, you know, all these various shows, like, and seeing these reunions, like, 20, 30 years later and different stuff like that, like, especially mentioning pandemic stuff, there was a lot of it going on on YouTube, there was like, these uh, casts getting back together and stuff like, yeah, and it's always fun to see, you know, especially see what they look like today kind of thing. So if they haven't been as present in the you know the oh, yeah. media I, and stuff i don't and, think
1: i've seen the actress who plays topanga in anything but boy meets world right. i'm sure she did some other stuff but right that was definitely her role that people know her for yeah.
0: <laughs> but i just i enjoy it and it's fun to see them come back and either either like uh, play that role again like sometimes we get these reboots or different things or uh or you know just talking about that what it was like during that time and things so it's uh it's fun that everybody finds their own little lane to do these podcasts or whatever it might be. And, but, uh, I, it's been fun to follow along with that show a little bit. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. So what, uh, we got a uh, big show this coming up in July, we got the album, uh, but we've, uh, being that it has uh, been a couple of years since we put out a record. We, you've been busy writing, yeah. writing some well. new stuff too, right?
1: Yes, yes, definitely. And uh and I actually um and and you know, we don't have to go all into it, but I sort of had an extra long pandemic time away from really progressing my music as much as I'd like to because in uh, July of 2000, June of 2022, the, the end of June, uh, I was misdiagnosed with inflammatory breast cancer, which thankfully turned out to be a misdiagnosis. But it took us uh, six weeks to find that out. Mm-hmm. And inflammatory breast cancer is... Um, probably the deadliest kind of breast cancer. You really only have about a 44% chance of being alive in five years. And it's one of the reasons why it is so bad is because it really doesn't show any signs until it's already at stage three, sometimes stage five. And at that point, it can have moved all kinds of fun places. Yeah. And um, so, it was a really... uh intense experience kind of like trying to help my family and friends who were also helping me i don't mean like the help was all one way but like at that point i kind of was like well uh, i'm going to be very very sick and or dead so i need i want my like like i have to like help prepare my people to take care of me while this is happening, like um, and we were trying to like prepare the house so that like somebody could sleep in my bedroom with me if I needed somebody in there and like all these things, and um then wonderfully it turned out that the breast cancer was a misdiagnosis, and I did have some pre-cancerous like lumps and crap in there but um the main issue was that i had a antibacterial resistant infection that was causing Hmm. it to look like cancer um or look like the, the more aggressive form of cancer and um so uh that was good. That I, but that was good, but it was still scary because I still ended up needing like a, a massive surgery and having a really fun time dealing with my health insurance and the the paperwork between BJC and WashU and Cigna and this and this and that yeah. and that and it honestly took like a good 6 months just to get the surgery I needed scheduled because of no reason other than
0: Paper. paperwork
1: yeah. bullshit right. system stuff uh and during during that time period actually um the day after i found out that i was not going to die from cancer one of my best friends died mm-hmm. and so that's been kind of a mind fuck right. <laughs> For uh, you, sorry you're, you're, <laughs> I, I try and I, I mean just in general i try yeah. not to curse too much but also i was kind of raised that words are just words yeah. and like shit just means stuff to me i forget that <laughs> yeah. it doesn't mean just stuff to other people <laughs> like, um but Yeah, so that kind of, and waiting for the surgery and then recovering from the surgery kind of took another, um, because of course, also while I was waiting for the surgery, I had to be on all these like Mondo antibiotics to keep all the infections at bay and stuff. And the anti, I don't know if other people are like that with antibiotics, but they just made me feel. Awful, mm, yeah. you know. Like it, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what feels worse—the infection or the antibiotics? Yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> but um, and so yeah, the the surgery was in my breast, so that took a while to build back up to being able to play guitar. The the um, practicing to do a couple of songs here with you, which I I had a lot of anxiety getting through. And Shane was so so nice about. Mm-hmm. You're so nice about that. Um, but, it, like, practicing just to do a couple of songs with you, I'm realizing, like, man, like, not being able to play guitar or, like, like just not really, like, there was six weeks where I had to use, like, dinosaur, they call them your T-Rex arms, yeah. you just kind of have to use your little, like, T-Rex arms for everything, and you can't move your chest or your 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 biceps or like lift above your head or anything. Definitely not hold guitar up to your chest. Uh (laughs) And it's amazing how, I don't know, it's just kind of like we were talking about how the building you can do of your project can grow so much, but then just a short period during the pandemic kicked it out under its feet. Um, Guitar is like that too. Like just not playing guitar for like eight weeks, nine weeks like i'm 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 not building up from one but my stanima like how long i can hold the guitar and how yeah. long i can play and stuff i used to be able to do three hour gigs like no problem now i'm not ready for that yet like mm-hmm. it's gonna be a minute
0: <laughs> sure yeah yeah um well we uh we shared some song we we played some live acoustic like you talked about and uh, I feel like um, there's a there's a uh, similar themes as you were you're going through all this. I, I feel like you put it right in your notebook uh, yes. <laughs> in, your, in your lyrics. And um, there's a lot of uh, so these a couple of these songs that we played are ver- very much from that time. Right. Like like. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, both. The, especially the last one, um, the, I mean, everybody's going to end up calling it, Hey guys, but yeah. it's proper douchey name <laughs> is let me know if you need anything. Yeah. Um, just because that statement is so well-meaning, but yeah. so loaded, especially when you're dealing with something like, um, I mean, the, the, the metaphor I was thinking of was people say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. And people kind of say that, and I feel like it's come to be said, like that's because the horse is too stubborn or the horse is too stupid or the horse is too ignorant to drink the water even though you've brought the horse there. But in actuality, when you're looking at a big mammal like a horse, and they're actually at the point where they're dying of thirst. They can't drink. Their mm, the muscles in their mouth have atrophied. They have been they have cracks and sores in their mouth where that they, they, they are painful to even try. They literally cannot mm-hmm. drink the water. And I think that's more what that statement's roots came from is like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, is like literally the horse can't drink. It's not that it won't drink. And I was thinking about that a lot. And just the, the implications of that metaphor. And also honestly, how much but people um you know uh I am so lucky. I have an amazing community. I have friends like I did not even dream were possible. You know, like I and my family is so great. My dad is a saint. Uh I know that man would have been changing my adult diapers if I had needed him to be. You know, like that's and and um But there's a lot that nobody can do for you, like, Mm -hmm. and so you just get at that point where you've got, everybody's given you numbers of psychiatrists to call, but you have to call them. Everybody's um, got their church circles praying for you, but you don't—you don't know how to connect spiritually to something that could help you because you don't have the tools to do that. I don't ha- personally felt like I didn't have the no. tools to do that, you know. And so, yeah, that last song—or I don't know how what order they'll be playing in—but the "Hey Guys" is very much just like what I was going through,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: like. <laughs> I feel you—you uh, you were calling it uh, a d- douchey uh, title or whatever, but I—I—I I, uh, uh, I feel like it's like a like a pop punk emo thing like, it was like, <laughs> yeah. that, like a lot of like fallout boy or whatever they always had like these long like sentence long you know mm-hmm. uh titles for songs and stuff like that and i just it always made me laugh that like that uh, and then a lot of times they weren't even anything related to the <laughs> lyrics or anything like that so yeah uh, i was just like where do they come up with these titles but
1: and then uh the other one that i was joking had kind of a douchey name but <laughs> it actually does have a a, re- a purpose. Um, the other song is called DAG is the real beginner's drug. And that is not because DAG is an exciting new drug that kids are starting out with that you haven't <laughs> heard about. Um, that is because DAG or some variation of that is typically the very first chords that people learn to play on guitar. And, um, being a musician in this city is beautiful in uh, so many ways. But I don't think many people would argue with me that we have a very heavy drinking, heavy partying side of our scene that is almost like part of being a musician is that you go and you get really fucked up and uh i you know people talk about gateway drugs or whatever i i don't think anybody's like i smoked pot so now i'll try heroin it's like it's it's more like you have gateway friends mm-hmm. like i'm not going to do a new drug unless some friend has it I, i'm I'm saying me, I'm mom, dad, I'm not planning on doing any new drugs. <laughs> Don't worry. Um if you're listening. <laughs> um but yeah, it's like I almost feel like being be becoming a part of the music scene, becoming a part a musician and being in bars all the time and being in clubs all the time that's where the escalating problems come from sure it's not weed or alcohol being beginner stuff it's it's joining a scene Mm -hmm.
0: i do feel like there's kind of a movement happening uh of late though with like sobriety yes Uh, a lot of and i love it a lot of uh you know um you know, we have a tons of options as far as uh, CBD drinks and various um, things like that. Like, uh, you know, that maybe you can drink socially and not and still f- feel yeah. something from it if you, if that's what you need. And I am a huge fan of
1: that. I actually got um, Mighty Kind slash Loyal Hemp. Yeah. Shout Love out to them. Josh. Josh Loyal. Yes. Um, I thankfully got him to sponsor our event on July 29th. Oh, so cool. we're going to have, um, you know, CBD, maybe some THC, some completely free, definitely some Delta A drinks for people to be trying because like, I wanted the vibe of having like Jaeger girls, uh-huh. but I didn't actually want Jaeger girls. Oh. <laughs> I mean, not I mean, I want Jaeger girls, but but I didn't want just like free shots all around yeah, as the vibe. Sure. Uh, so I was so excited that Josh would work with us on that, and um, and I think moderation yeah. is becoming a, a a big thing too, or um, or California sober where you don't drink alcohol but you do do smoke weed, yeah. and um, that really does. It's not for everyone. I know some people really can't. Like have really bad reactions to weed too, and for some people, just totally nothing is the best call for them. Mm-hmm. But if you are a person who has a lot of anxiety and weed helps with it, I think that that is a great option to have those types of drinks and stuff as a way to just curb your drinking too. Yeah. You know, um, they also make. And I don't want to sound too much like a commercial for for Josh Loyal here but uh they also make these drinks that are completely booze free called Cheers that are just like like absinthe vibes flavored seltzers and they're so good. Yeah. They're so good. I like the flower ones cuz it feels like you're drinking the souls of flowers. I mean. You're like <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh well yeah uh well yeah swing by and get you some mighty kind uh, (laughs) any of the fantastic products over there from Josh and
1: you know with the band I always I'm careful with how many like ballad slow type songs we have on each album because I feel like if you overdo it they're not as pretty (laughs) I don't don't know (laughs) but I think that one will go with the band yeah.
0: I think uh, I like. I don't know. Again, I think it's. Everybody consumes music in all sorts of different ways. Uh, Obviously, sometimes they're they stand alone on playlists, and you have a certain playlist that is for certain moods or whatever it is. And then, but like I think I looked at it as an album. Cause that's a lot of how I still listen to music. I like
1: to, and
0: I like to look at them like almost like, uh, um, like a movie or, you know, like a, like a movie score where you have your ups and downs. You gotta, mm-hmm. you know, it goes for a ride throughout the record. You got some that are happy, some sad, some, you know, more, more emotional. Yeah. Than, and like, and, uh, I feel like I always that's how I always liked, uh, a, 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 a real well-rounded record like that. And, so.
1: Same. And I am such a child of the 90s. I just have to put them on CD, too. Because yeah. I know a lot of people are moving towards singles and digital downloads only, and I definitely see how that makes sense financially, especially for bands our size. But just the kid in me that like... Delighted in getting that lyric book or that, that, that booklet that had lyrics and like pictures and stuff in it inside the CD. Like that, that brought me so much joy as like a kid. And I'm like, I want to make those for me too. So I always do full lyric booklets too. (laughs) And and I love it. I like, I love everything to sound like it was meant to go together. Um, There's a, I, I'm obsessed with pop music, which is funny because I don't know the the music I create would shout that girl loves Taylor Swift, but I love pop music. Yeah. And there's a Lord album actually, uh one of her firsts, Pure Heroine, such a good album. Literally the last line on the album is let them talk. The first line on the album is Ain't it funny how people talk? So if you're listening to the whole album, and it it make it's like completed talking to each yeah. other, you know. <laughs> and uh, and if you're listening to it on repeat, you have the last line is people are talking, people are talking, let them talk, and then it goes into don't you know that it's funny how people talk? Uh And I'm like, I love that. And I'm sure that was an intentional choice. And I love that. And I love seeing that kind of craft in making an album in newer artists, because I know a lot of newer musicians are pressed to focus on singles. And I get that, but Mm -hmm. dang, a good album.
0: Mm. Right. Do you remember your uh, first, CD uh, and that are uh, that maybe one of the ones that stick out to you, like going through the lyric book and stuff, like that really uh, developed that that love. Well, I know it's kind of it's uh, it's cheesy, but
1: uh, Nirvana Nevermind has that like it's just like a swirl that has like some of the lyrics to each song on it inside their booklet, and as a kid. That was how I figured out what some of the Nirvana lyrics were because I wasn't used to listening to voices like Kurt Cobain. So, at first, you know, you don't necessarily hear all the lyrics. Cor- I mean, I still don't hear all the lyrics correctly right. to many, many things. Um, <laughs> um I don't think I'm alone there either. I think a lot of, them, um, but I remember like being fascinated by like the lyrics they chose to put in that swirl, you yeah. know. <laughs> and then, of course, even cheesier because at least Nevermind is, of course, like one of the all-time greatest rock albums. But I was obsessed with Matchbox Twenty in oh, middle yeah. school obsessed with matchbox 20 to be honest still don't hate them <laughs> yeah i mean i i'm embarrassed that when i was 13 i made a website on angel fire where i call rob thomas a stud muffin and spell muffin wrong <laughs> but they're still i mean you know like for for like and i don't mean this disrespectfully but like for grocery store rock
0: they're good. <laughs> I'm going I'm going to uh, see them on June 20th. Yeah. Yeah, they're Dude, coming back. I uh, found out that they did a tour of the Goo
1: Goo Dolls. I'm so sad I missed that yeah. tour cuz that was my sister's favorite band in middle school was the Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20 was mine. Yeah. I would have
0: I would have loved that. Yeah, I even uh that was my I mean I talk about a bunch on here but uh was my first show that I like remember asking my mom to take me to in, in 1997 uh with uh semisonic and soul asylum i and, was there yeah and then uh uh so i haven't seen them in like what 25 26 years now yeah said, like, <laughs> it's uh wild uh so i'm excited to see them again and they got a new record that just came out a couple weeks ago and to check uh, that out yeah i haven't i haven't got to listen to it yet either but i'm uh but if if they play some of the old stuff i'll be uh very happy because um, those are like like again like you're saying 97 like that uh, was a huge that uh yourself or someone like you and stuff like all yeah. that stuff was like massive on for me in that time so
1: um and i really um like you know the at least the matchbox 20 of my time did have a lot of that like everybody's got to try to sound like Pearl Jam a little bit, Smart. even though they're not Pearl Jam. <laughs> um, but like lyrically, like Rob Thomas is a good songwriter. Yeah. And I was really into those. That was like, I remember um, like I like uh, cut up like the, that album in particular and like put all the pages up on oh, my yeah. wall, you know, <laughs> of yourself or someone yeah. like you. Yep.
0: Yeah. What do you, do you, do you have like uh, your, uh, whatever tiger beat or whatever, all those, what are those magazines? Like all the, uh, I don't know. I feel like it was like a lot of like stuff at the time, like with, the uh, JTT and, uh, oh. or, uh, all these, like, yeah, all these like guy, you know, the, guys and girls and various things like a lot of these teen magazines that uh the girls would always have like the poster up on the wall and stuff and
1: i and, wish no yeah. i didn't i didn't have any any
0: good i didn't have any cool posters right. i just like cut up my cds just
1: Matchbox <laughs> yeah. yeah i do think i got like they called it a um uh for their their second album tour, which was with Lifehouse and Sugar Ray, um, who I don't have the same nostalgic feelings for. <laughs> uh,
0: both of them are just or, or just Sugar, Sugar
1: Ray. Ray and Lifehouse. <laughs> yeah, I don't right. have
0: the same nostalgic feelings I, for. <laughs> I'm not not as much Lifehouse. I do uh, still enjoy Sugar Ray. Uh, every now and then, like, when I come on my 90s on 9. but what, I mean, I'd enjoy yeah. it on the radio. <laughs> What's funny is, like, I've tweeted at Mark McGrath a couple of times because uh does guest uh, stuff on uh, Sirius XM's 99, 90s on 9. He does a show on there, and uh, he's he says tweet at him. So I did, and, like, and he's responded to me a couple of times. And, he
1: seems like a guy <laughs> who has a good sense of humor, yeah. and he's not an untalented lyricist right? or singer. I just... I don't. I don't have the same kind of like. Yeah, for like. sure.
0: My the only thing I that I think uh, really makes me appreciate them uh, is like that that they were very self aware. That uh, they were like they. I mean, even that they wrote their uh, their after fly was a massive hit. They put, and they put out the next record fourteen fifty nine. Like they knew their. 15 minutes of fame was caught up. So so stuff like that. Like those little jokes. I I always appreciate that. You know, so, uh, you know, but they cashed in on uh, when it was hot and they, they, they're still, they still out there touring on like the nineties tours and stuff like that.
1: Well, and you know, my dad always says something that is like maybe a little sad,
0: but also super
1: true for artists, musicians, any creative type sometimes you just laugh on the way to the bank yeah right you're like yep that was stupid feels uh, great to go deposit this check yeah, <laughs> you know? yep. Yep. yeah I,
0: I uh i think about that a lot like how many times uh some of these bands have performed that song especially if it's like uh i think one of the one of the funniest uh stories to me is uh um my buddy told me a story about seeing uh deep blue something came to town oh, to yeah. do in a concert uh i think it was maybe even a free show from the point or something like that and and they started with breakfast at tiffany's and, and then everybody that, just and that, well they were like hey if you showed up for this song here you go and <laughs> then like the crowd left and like so, like uh i don't know that that's the right move you know but like uh, it does make me laugh that, like, uh, they're just, like, we're so sick of, you know, like, we're they resent their popular song at times. And, yeah. But I feel like you have to, you know, still embrace it because.
1: I, this, now, when Blue Oysters Cult is a rock legend, <laughs> yeah. and I am not insulting them, I saw them in concert at a concert where that happened to them. They were playing Rib Across America. Yeah. And they played Godzilla right. as one of their first songs. And then like third or fourth song was Don't Fear the Reaper. And as soon as Don't Fear the Reaper was played, like half of the audience just started packing up yep. and like leaving. And it was like, I mean, like there was like a little rain, but wow. it was like, I was like, oh man, <laughs> I would not feel good about that. Yeah.
0: that <laughs> Well, that that would be uh you know definitely a a good problem to have that you're uh, you get to you know continue well, to tour and play this music and stuff. and
1: you know even at a much like a much smaller level like I'm at I there are things that like I'm embarrassed that I thought that way in my youth like because like at at my size it is amazing to have people. Who remember and like any of your songs enough to request a song, right? But of course, naturally, the songs that other people latch onto are not necessarily the ones that I like the most. Uh, often, it works out that the song I wrote, kind of like half as a joke, is like the more. The song that people want to hear a whole bunch and i used to be kind of resentful of that like oh yeah of course everybody just wants to hear this funny song i wrote about not shaving my legs but they don't want to listen to like the real stuff that i'm writing that's actually good and uh now that i'm older i'm like god what a privilege that i have any song that people remembered and wanted me to play Mm -hmm. That I wrote. And I take that into consideration much more when I'm making set lists to perform yeah. now because writing and practicing and doing new things is really, I think, more important. Not that you shouldn't have anything new on stage, but I feel like a lot of that stuff is almost more important, like in studio and in practice and in releasing music videos and things like that. Because when people have paid money to come see you perform, I want to perform for them and for them to leave feeling happy. Right. And if that means that I need to play this song I wrote when I was 22 as a joke about not shaving my legs, because that makes the audience that paid to see me happy, I don't mind doing that. Yeah. Like that's, And I almost feel like embarrassed that I used to have such a thing
0: with it. <laughs> yeah. I feel uh, somebody said something about kind of in that same since like uh like once i've recorded recorded it and released this music like it it's you know it's now it belongs to the listener Mm -hmm. you know like uh so the way that they interpret it and they you know gravitate towards certain you know like some people like i said like for whatever reason that's the one they love it might not be my favorite but it's you know it's the one that people want to hear and stuff so it's (laughs) you have to kind of go with it because that's what you know it's not yours anymore mm-hmm. it now belongs to the fans and the listeners and stuff so uh so i don't know i think it's i i i can understand there but uh, at the same time like you know a creative you're always wanting like well, what about this song like this is the one i've used i've you know was able to do more with the you know i was more proud of this writing than that yeah writing, you know, but, yeah uh, it's just I don't know. It's it's a it's a fine balance. Like I feel like it's a nice. You got to have like a give and take a little bit. Yeah, here's one for you. Here's one for me. I'm like, for sure. Know, so, uh, same. I feel like the same way. Looking at a lot of my friends that play bar gigs and doing like cover stuff, you know, it's like it's not exactly the most creative, fun thing for me, but it pays. And like you know, I gotta. So you gotta yeah. balance that world pretty. You know, trying to still eat and uh having you know getting creative with it so yeah and
1: covers can be really fun like i love like right now um on on our last album um what did we oh bar tabs and babies names uh blanked there on our last album we one of our songs is a cover of kids by mgmt oh yeah and but it when i do it it (laughs) It doesn't feel like playing kids. It feels like playing our song because it's done completely differently yeah. from I mean, obviously, same melody and lyrics-ish. I accidentally recorded the lyrics incorrectly in a song because I always that the song Kids by MGMT goes control yours control yourself. Take only what you need from it. Um, what's the actual lyric?
0: I forget. I don't
1: know. There's yeah. uh, the way I, I'm spacing on telling this story, yeah. but anyway, we basically recorded it with a totally different like <sighs> word in there that doesn't change the meaning of the song or anything. No, I, but I was like,
0: "Dang, we we just straight up accidentally." <laughs> Creative interpretation.
1: Oh, that's uh, what it is. The song, it goes, Enjoy yourself, take only what you need from it. And I sing it, Control yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, it works. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, yeah I, uh, well, I'm excited uh, for new uh possibility of maybe some of these uh being recorded as new defeated songs and i'm
1: excited that we're gonna be able to be playing shows again like it's just with between the pandemic and then my uh surgery crap and everything that went on with that like we really are building back up at this point we were but i'm looking forward to it i think we're
0: gonna be good (laughs) You can find uh, more Defeated County wherever you listen to your digital music at. Uh, you can get plugged in on your Facebook and Instagram um, for more show dates, hopefully coming soon. and uh, But uh, please join us at the Crack Fox on July 29th and uh with uh the defeated county jeffy and the sunken heads and electro dinosaur and uh if you don't know uh jeffy and the sunken Heads, they just put out a real fun lo-fi video so they're so uh, good yeah so check that out and um but uh yeah thank you langan for doing this and getting uh, Hang with me. Uh, I pre- you appreciate so you spending some time me. with me. So, and
1: I'm sorry that I had to have you help me put a tire in my friend's car. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. No. laughs>
0: yeah, never know was going to happen. Uh, part time mechanic, part time podcast host. I do it all. You know. Uh, no, I uh, I'm happy to help. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it worked out out today, and uh, we got to do this. And uh, so, thank you for doing this. And. I will uh, see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone.